What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. Hogline Nation, welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my beautiful co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Treffler. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to the 209th episode of the podcast. Welcome back. We are through eight weeks, and football season is halfway over, essentially. Uh, Well, no, after this week, actually. Sorry. Didn't want to... Uh, cut it short there, but it's a scary thought that we're already halfway through. So I'm scared. I don't, like, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, but we will get into all of the week uh, eight action. We'll be recapping, talking, and discussing about the Steelers Eagles game that transpired last week. Um, although I did pick Steelers plus ten and a half, I feel like that was more of a bias um i don't know what the right adjective would be but kind of a an optimistic hopeful selection on my part not necessarily one that i would actually bet my money on i just kind of didn't have a second one uh last week and i selected it uh kind of spontaneously and i don't don't know i mean i i I say all that to say i think the game pretty much went how all of us expected it to um for the most part um so there's that jack has a little statistical segment uh for shref and i i I, we're kind of in the dark on this one but we're kind of be we're going to be kind of from my understanding guessing what these these players for this season their project their project what their projection stat line would be over a 16 or 17 game season um and i'm sure it's going to be eye-opening so i'm looking forward to that and of course we'll get to our um, picks at the end of the show. And right now, Jack and I are sitting, sitting at 1-2 and two on the week, and Shref is sitting at 0-2. Oh and two. Um, and as, we, as we're recording here, he has the potential to be either 0-3 oh or 1-2, depending on if the Bengals cover 3.5 points. Um, so maybe you'll get some... I'm not watching the game currently. I'm in, I'm in my bedroom. Um, but these two, I believe, are, I assume. I know Shref is. Jack, I assume, as well. Um, so maybe we'll get some live reactions here on the, on the, in this, we'll probably be recording during the first half. So that'll be fun. We don't get to do many live reaction podcasts Mm -hmm. for football. Uh, So yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. Um, but to kind of go back a little bit, let's talk about the Eagles and Steelers. Um, 
I turned it off in the last like two or three minutes because it got out of hand. Uh, Garner Minshew was in there. Jason Kelsey was already dressed up for Halloween. So I'm like, mm-hmm. All right, enough of this one. So, well, it was 35-13, correct? The final score? Yep. That's okay. correct. So the Eagles win 35-13. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say the Steelers hung around in the beginning, but it wasn't, it didn't get out of hand until, you know, as the second half kind of transpired. Um, I guess the first thing I would like to talk about um, is how the Steelers, you know, we, we just couldn't cover A.J. Brown. I mean, he did most of his damage in the first half. And, I, and if the Eagles, I feel like, wanted to um, and needed to, they could have kept their foot on the gas and he could have had maybe another touchdown. But, you know, obviously playing with the lead, you alter your game plan a little bit in the second half. So, um, but yeah, three touchdowns in the first half, all on deeper passes. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty much the first and most notable bullet point I had written down. Um, and I think those throws specifically from Hertz, I think that really showcases his improvement as a passer over over from his second to third season. I don't think he makes those throws. Maybe he makes one of them, but I don't think he consistently makes those throws in 2020 or 2021. Um, and that really, you know, like I said, showcases and highlights his the improvements that he's made in that area of his game, as well as his chemistry with AJ Brown. Um, especially that third pass, that was right there. Yeah, really fit in that window, there was two guys um, on AJ Brown, so he fit it right in right in a window. So there's that. Um, and I, on the third one, I believe it was Brown got the taunting penalty, um, which obviously, you know, as, as the guy scores his third touchdown and on your team, you get a little bit annoyed, but I'm sure if like George Pickens did that to like someone, I'd, I'd be loving it. So I, I can recognize that aspect as well. I think um, in the grand scheme of things, that wasn't that egregious. Like I, I, he pointed, there wasn't anything like crazy going on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. In retro, not, not obviously not the the. Evil. It's one of the. It's sorry. Yeah. It's one of those dumb penalties that shouldn't be a penalty. But like, I wasn't surprised that they called yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So that that uh, anything you guys want to talk about the Eagles side of, on? I guess Streff can have the first word. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I'll start with Hertz. I, I agree with everything you said. Um. For me, what's been most impressive with him has been like week to week development. So I think this this week was a perfect example where in that Dallas game heading into the bye week, um, he the one issue that he seemed to be having against them was against the blitz. Um, it seemed like he he kind of froze up against them a lot of like quick sacks, like couldn't get the ball out. Um, and it's clear. I mean, it was very clear that into the bye week that's clearly something that they worked on a lot, whether that was through watching film or just working on it. But a lot of the big throws that he made, there was there was pressure coming um at him. The Steelers I thought the Steelers actually did a pretty good job getting in the backfield most of the day. Too um, I was surprised at that for sure. But Hertz obviously is always gonna have the legs to avoid, but I thought he made a lot of nice throws where he was stepping up in the pocket a little bit more, even with the pressure coming. So just that week-to-week development has been impressive. Uh, AJ Brown, you covered everything. He's just, he's just like the physicality is is just ridiculous. Like it, the, the, all three of those were one of those ones where it was like perfect ball, but then AJ Brown was just like, I like I know that I'm bigger than you guys and I can get up higher than you guys, so that's what I'm gonna do, and that's what he did. Um, 
I'll talk about the defense a little bit too, just because I know this will lead into you guys talking about the Steelers offense, I'm assuming. Um, but uh, starting off, Jordan Davis out one to two months, not ideal for sure. Um, but watching the game, I thought it was like a season ending injury based on the way it looked. Like he was like barely able to get up. So in the grand scheme of things could have been a lot worse, still not ideal. But I'm assuming that means we'll see more Milton Williams, who we saw a little bit. And then I'm hoping this would maybe mean that they decide to throw Brandon Graham inside a little bit more and maybe give Robert Quinn some extra snaps. I think he only played like 20 snaps yesterday, but I'm assuming as he gets more, uh, you know, involved with the scheme, I'm sure he'll be able to get get in there more. Um, And yeah, just in general, the turnover differential for the Eagles is ridiculous this year. They're up to... They're up to plus 14. Uh, next closest is Baltimore, Dallas, and Minnesota, all with, with a plus six. Um, and that's just – it. that's just – I mean, it just shows both sides of the ball for them. Hertz has been, like, really smart with the football the, the entire year so far. And then the defense, I mean, the, the Steelers, you guys will get into it. The Steelers had a few drives where they were moving the ball pretty efficiently, I thought. Um, and it just seemed like every time that you – like, one of the guys on the Eagles just made the right play at the right time. And that's been the story so far, and it's it's something that you're going to need if you want to make a run in the playoffs. Is those you know those big time turnovers, third down stops, whatever it is. But um, I'll let you guys get into the Steelers a little bit. But overall, I mean, obviously, there's not not too much to complain about with that game. They they uh, they took care of business pretty much on every every part of the field. So it was it, it was fun for me. But you guys can can have the floor. Go ahead, Jack. I guess I can just talk about Kenny. Um, I thought that and this is probably like I get I was there in person, so I didn't see uh, I didn't like didn't have a great view, I guess you could say of his throws as you would on TV, like seeing replay back and such, but um, which I guess I should go back and try to find that YouTube. Uh, I feel like he was just like, okay. First couple games, like, I legitimately was, like, impressed with how he played in every single game so far. Uh, and he's still, this game he completed, still a decent percentage. I think, like, 65% of his passes, even after the late pick that was his fault. But, like, I don't know. Like, you just got to, when you when your offense turns one-dimensional, that's going to happen. Um I mean, he even said it that when... Oh, wow, that was a bad... Amari Cooper's doing interception. That's yeah, great Mark for me. Amari Cooper just threw a pick. I was going to say, I was going to interrupt you, but I didn't want to cut in. Um, I mean, I, I thought Kenny did okay because considering this was the Eagles' defense, they have a very good defense. So um, I'm hoping that just after this bye week, I uh, or Kenny and uh, we'll, we'll be able to face... Not such a gauntlet of defenses going against the Bills. The Bucks still have a decent pass defense. The Dolphins looking like a good team. The Eagles, their best team in football. So um, it was a rough four weeks to start, and I still saw a lot of positive things from Kenny. Um, it's just the biggest issue is, I mean, we say it every week, it's the uh, Matt Canada has to go. Uh, I, can, I actually was trying to pull up his passing chart and it's just, it's literally the same thing every week. The, the, the middle of the field, I'm going to send you guys right now, the middle of the field just isn't utilized at all. Like, that's clearly the, 
like that's definitely the biggest issue. And like, I feel like I, I guess they don't read Twitter, but <laughs> everyone on Twitter is just saying the same thing that how the middle of the field is not utilized. I sent to you guys if you if you get it. Um, like it just all of his throws are in the flat, and you you can't just blame the quarter like Kenny for only having reads like only looking for checkdowns and like not just looking those zones because it just happens every single game like he didn't do that in college that he doesn't target this target those areas specifically we're clearly just not scheming guys to get in the middle of the field like send Chase Claypool on a post route deep for once like he's a big Pickens particularly Pickens it's just every like four plays or so we just draw a play to Pickens just go around up the sideline like 25 yards he comes down with it a good amount of times and that play that he caught and then after hit the ground came out do you guys know what i'm talking about on sunday mm-hmm. um the on the broadcast to, i didn't i just heard the replay that tony romo and jim Nance were saying that he definitely caught it and then he fumbled it after the catch so we should have challenged it another another catch that pickens potentially got gypped out of yeah they um they said well pickens didn't have a catch in this game i don't know if you realized that he did not yeah three targets no catches which is crazy um I mean, it did look like a catch to me. Nance said it was. Romo said it was. They brought in Gene, Star- Gene Sarastor, and he said it was, too. So they had three three people say it was. Um, and they right, were, and it they, was, like, late they in they the game. Still- we had nothing to lose. Like, just throw the challenge flag. I don't, like... Yeah, I was going to say, like, obviously, that's, it, that's a tough one, too, because in the moment, I understand how a ref could call that incomplete. So I do, too. Point, I got, once I hit all the ground, I'm like, that's probably on, incomplete. Yes. Yeah. It's on Tomlin or whoever, whoever's in Tomlin's ear to be right. more aggressive, being like, you got to throw that. But I yeah. imagine that most of the time, I, uh, at least for football, like, I, I don't blame the head coach for challenging, not challenging. Like, I think that it's always someone from up in the, up in the booth that has more accessible replay. Um that's telling him, but whatever. That doesn't. That guy gets fired. I just fire everyone except Tomlin. I don't know. <laughs> like the, the, the offense. Just I was really hoping it would maybe be today that uh, Matt Canada is fired, just to have a, a full two week reset for Kenny in the offense. So I assume it would be our uh, QB coach Mike Sullivan who is gonna would get promoted as an interim OC. Um, but that didn't happen today, so I imagine it won't happen for the next two weeks. Um, and I don't really see the Steelers firing an OC midseason. It would be very un-Steelers to do that. But, I mean, screw the Steelers tradition. Like, we just need change. Like, it, we can't... And Like, I am definitely not on board with... I don't think it's a popular take that Tom wants to get fired. Um but he shouldn't. He shouldn't get fired. I don't. He shouldn't. He's definitely not going to be on the hot seat after this year. Even it's his first losing season as a head coach. So, um, anyway, I don't. I don't know where I'm going now with this. But Mitchell, you can chime in. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Can you assess Kenny's performance watching it on a broadcast? Yeah. I mean, you, you said it. You highlighted it. it was very conservative. Um, but I feel like that is normally how it is for the most part um i i like i mean he he at one point and he may have even been for the whole game i don't know if warren 
took over at the end, but he was our leading rusher for the majority of the game. He was very mobile, um, which that's a plus. Yeah, he had 37 yards. Warren ended up with 50, um, which we can get into if we, if we want to. We can get into Jalen Warren a little bit as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was very – it was – it was one of his again. He only threw one interception. Um, so if you look at the stat sheet, you might say like this is not his worst game. But I feel like it's, I don't know, out of the four or five games he's played, it's I feel like it's either his worst or second worst. Which he didn't. I don't know. He wasn't terrible, but there's only so much he could do um, with what he had. Uh, I do want to comment what you said. You know, it's not very Steeler like to part ways with an offensive coordinator or make that. A drastic of a change mid-season, but this whole season has been very un-Steelers-like, you know? Uh, we didn't think it, we would make an in-game quarterback switch, and that happened. Um, we're sitting here at 2-6. and six, A different quarterback, you know, since our, our first different quarterback since 2004. Um, and, you know, this whole season is not what what the Steelers are used to. So again, it, it would still be surprising. I agree. I, I wouldn't expect it to happen quite yet, but uh, I don't know. Again, like the season is very unconventional in terms of the the standards. So I have a Kaiska uh, question to you guys. Sure. Um, as fans, are you? Is your mindset? If you were to give give me like a percentage of like where your mind's at. Um, between, like, we still have a chance this season, like, let's see how the next couple weeks go, like, let's wait till Watt gets back? Or is your mind starting to flip into the, well, we don't look very good, like, should we be should we be hoping for a high draft pick? Like, something like, where, what are your hopes now, the rest of this season going forward? I'll go. Uh, no, I am not, even when... Well, first off, thanks for bringing up TJ Watt because, and people are going to think difference. this is crazy. Difference. Like, if, if TJ Watt is healthy and playing this whole season, the Steelers are a 500 football team. We're four and four. Like, no doubt in my mind, we'd, ease, we'd certainly win the Patriots game and the Jets game. So, I mean, if, if Watt is healthy, we're thinking about this team completely different, to be honest. But uh, we could have even maybe, won the, the Dolphins game, too, maybe. That, too. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, if we just had like one interception, maybe. Uh, but even if even at that, like I'm not that hopeful. Like if he, I assume he's gonna come because there was rumors he may come back for the Eagles game. Um, per him, but I assume he'll be back after the bye week. I mean, I don't know. I don't expect us to just like go what six and three. That wouldn't even make it. I wouldn't even. I was supposed to go. We got to go like seven and two to make the playoffs. Like I, I, that's not even with Watt back. That's just not feasible. Um. So no, I'm not like hopeful that we're gonna make the playoffs and have any true success this season. However, I'm still like, I'm still rooting for us to win games because yeah, one, that. uh, Kenny's confidence. He we need to just show some life and win games. Um, and it's really just not on all Kenny. Just as the team as a whole, like. We need to have some momentum going into next season um, with a new offensive coordinator, hopefully. And about the wanting a higher draft pick, 
the Steelers are such a great drafting team. I don't see much difference if we're drafting third overall versus like eleventh overall. Like it, it doesn't. Yeah, I get that. It does. It doesn't truly make that much of a difference to me. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, I think showing life, what Jack said, is more important than than a. Um, negligible increase in draft position, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't, you know. I mean, again, I I think probably I'd say we win five, six, like six games. That seems about right. I think six and eleven is where we probably end up. Um, but but yeah, that's certainly a good question. I I, I mainly agree with Jack there. Um, what else was I gonna say? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean. Obviously, Najee didn't look great, um, and Jalen Warren provided some explosiveness in the run game. Um, I mean, particularly highlighted by that one that uh, passed out in the flat when Najee, it was like either third and two or something like that, and he ended up getting third and three, uh, and he got zero yards where he easily, I, I wouldn't say easily, but this is a play he should make to get the first down. If he didn't really hesitate, he kind of just went directly north and south instead of kind of dancing around a little bit. And that allowed an extra defender to kind of come over and assist with the tackle there. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, people, you say, I don't know, it, it, it's, I kind of go back and forth with this one. You know, people say, which there's truth to this, you know, the offensive line isn't great. So that's why Najee isn't looking great. That's definitely a component to it. And then people will say, you know, Warren does, it doesn't look like it's a problem when Warren's in there because he's ripping off big runs. And that can be a little misconstrued because usually Jalen Warren will come in on third down um, and whatnot. When, when, it, when the, and if we hand the ball off to him, the defense is expecting a pass. So that can inflate his yards per carry. Um, but I don't know. He just looks more explosive. And there, there was this one play in particular. I think it was a third and maybe 15 or something like that. And Kenny checked it down to Warren. And Warren ended up getting the first down and was kind of like running, running by guys. And I, I really don't think Najee would have gotten that first down. I don't mm. remember. It was late in the game. Don't remember exactly the scenario. But I can't see Najee picking up that first down. But Warren, like, he looked really good and, and easily got there. So... Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think that, like, would, would you would you keep rolling how it is in terms of the the split of the touches, or would you try to incorporate Warren more in the offense? How would you guys address this the, our running game situation? Uh, I can go um, as someone who just watched the game, not as a Steelers, like not from a Steelers fan perspective. I agree with you to the point that it like Warren's uh, like ex- like explosiveness just coming out of the backfield. It felt like he was hitting these holes a lot harder. Obviously, like you said, coming in on third down certainly is going to elevate that. But they're just I don't know Najee. Obviously, on that on that little dump out to the flat, like it seemed I, there was some hesitation. I don't know what he he thought he was going to try to like cut it inside a little bit more, and it was not the right move. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it Najee's been a confusing one this year because I mean, the talent is like clearly still there, and like he has flashed it before. It just 
it seems like the overall like decision making has been really off for him so far this season. Yeah. Um, which is which is something that I'd imagine that they can work on, but obviously uh, it hasn't it, it hasn't been working so far. But it's I feel like it's fixable at at some point. Um, maybe it isn't fixed this season because obviously with the O line struggles that are still there, like it it could be tough to recover from it, but. I mean, he's still young, and but no matter what, I think like at this point, from a coaching perspective, it would be it would be like bad coaching to not give Warren more more touches at this point because it, it's clear that he's earned them, and I feel like we've Steelers fans and just fans outside have had this conversation about like should he get more touches for the last what two three weeks now? So I think at this point it has to happen personally. I agree with you guys. I don't really need to add much. Uh, yeah, Najee still rushed for four yards a carry. I'm looking at the box score now, which is fine. Just uh, he's just not qu- he's not as quick as as Jalen Warren, and like I, that's just uh, he does still do a lot of things well. It's just he's not as quick as Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren's very fast, and I, we just need speed. It's I just when it comes down to it, it, it seems simple. Just your running back's got to be fast, and uh, Warren's the hot hand in that regard now. And I don't know what it is. Like maybe it's just because he's so much smaller, Jalen Warren, than Najee. But like I texted him during game, and it just feels like Jalen Warren has such bigger holes to run through every time he gets the ball than Najee does. Najee. And I talked about when I went on that rant like a couple episodes ago. It is subject to game script. Like Jalen Warren is in there on a lot of passing downs, and uh, when you'd expect us to pass, and we throw defenses off by just giving him a, a quick draw. And a lot of the time, it's Najee just running into the line on our run, run pass, typical uh, play calls. Like we, I gotta. I'm really interested to see like what percent of the time we run the ball with Najee Harris on first down. It's got to be every single like. What do you think it is, Mitch? Like ninety percent of our first downs, we run the ball with Najee. Like defenses know that's coming. Like they have to. If you watched like one like ten minutes of film on the Steelers' offense, like that, you could just bank on that to happen. And honestly, like maybe like fifty percent of the time on second down too. Like it's crazy how much we just do run, run, pass. Um, I don't think it's gonna be that high, but I would I would be interested to see what it compares to league average for sure. Yeah, right. That's your homework assignment. Someone figure that out. <laughs> it's tough to figure out. I know that I don't, uh, that would be hard to access, but yeah, it would be interesting to know that. Um, I guess the the final thing we could say on the Steelers, and we can move on um, to Jack's segment. Is I don't know if you guys saw the Kenny's press conference. Um, oh yes, yeah, sorry, sorry yeah. Uh, but he he highlighted a lot. He, he was very big on. He must have said it three or four times. But we have to correct the mental errors. Um, he was very big on saying that, and um, you know he 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 called out like you know the penalties um, that they were killer and how you know if a guy like drops a pass or whatever, um, you know that that's something like you know you're not gonna you know, rip a guy or yell at him for that. You'll say, Hey, you'll, you'll get him next time or whatever. But he really emphasized how he was more frustrated with like the mental errors and the penalties and 
how that really killed drives. And Jack said it last week with the with the um, with the Dolphins game, how he picked up that first down. We got two penalties backed up, and then he threw that second pick. Um, it just really is frustrating when you got to get that down. You got to get the um, you got to be more disciplined. It's and Kenny was right. He said you can't you can't expect to to be successful at, at this level of football and um, and make those kind of mistakes. So that just can't happen. Hopefully the bye week refreshes that. Uh, and also, I don't. I mean, I, the first clip I saw in the press conference was the last thing he said about how that one right. guy, that one reporter asked them, are you okay with taking interceptions or whatever with, in terms of your stat line? And he kind of cut him off. He's like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm okay with, uh, with trying to score points when we need it. Like, I, he seemed like he was a little frustrated with that question, which... I feel like I would be too. Um, at that point, you're just like, like I don't know what what's the point of asking that question. That doesn't seem like the most. I don't know. Right. Like, what what answer was that guy like trying to get? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I got. That just seems so stupid to ask. Right. Yeah. Um, and that kind of brings me that that reminds me of uh, I don't know if you guys saw Bill Cower uh, what he said. Our not handling this whole Kenny situation right. Um, we're asking him to do too much, he, Cower said, and we need to rely more on our run game and defense. And he said, it's everything he said, you look it up, it's like a one-minute clip, uh, is true. Like, we are asking a lot, and ideally, we would like to rely on a run game and a defense, but, like, we, this isn't the 2004-2005 Ben Roethlisberger that he had with Jerome Bettis and Willie Parker in the backfield and uh, one of the best defenses of the decade. Um, we don't have either of that. So, like, it's, yeah, is this going to happen for Kenny? And, I mean, I certainly do agree with him. Like, our offensive coordinator, we're not doing him any favors, I, I in my opinion. But um, it was an interesting clip because he, Cowher doesn't typically speak out against the Steelers like that. And, uh, he did. I know I said a couple of minutes ago that the last thing I, we want to say about the Steelers. I do have one other thing, though. Um, so I, I, our first eight games here, we played currently as they sit, sit today, we played one team that's under 500. Um, and that's the Browns. Mm. Uh, the Patriots, actually. No, they're 500, I think. I think they're four uh, and four. Yeah, so we played one 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 team in our first eight game that's under five hundred, and our next nine game, our last nine games, we play six teams that are either five hundred or worse. So the schedule definitely looks um, less daunting, as Jack kind of alluded to, uh, whatever that was a few minutes ago. With that being said, now and and considering all of that and how the last um, four or five games have transpired, I want you both to answer this question. Would you do things differently in terms of starting Kenny? Would you still, would you have started him right away in the season opener? Would you have, you know, are you okay with how things unfolded? Or, you know, considering everything, would you have just maybe waited till right now in this bye week to start him? What would you guys think? Or just wait even longer? I'm, I'm interested to hear with the perspective of everything of how it's the first half of the season pretty much over. You know, would you have changed the way things have, have gone? Um, I can start. Um, it's tough because I think 
starting off when when he first came in, I think I was I was very excited, obviously just because as a as a pit grad, like you know, excited to watch him play and everything. But we, I mean, we talked about it right away. We were like, it's it's interesting that they're putting him in with the schedule that's coming up, and now that we've seen now that we've seen them go through this schedule, um, yeah, I mean, I. If I'm the coach, I think as soon as TJ Watt goes down, I think a lot of your plans kind of have to go out the window a little bit. Um, and it's been it's been proven just like how big of a change it makes when he's in versus when he's not in. And not even just defensively, that's it's a whole team thing. Because now all of a sudden, like like you guys were talking about, you can't you haven't been able to just rely on the defense to to get these to get these stops, to give the offense, you know, more opportunities, a little more time of possession. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like hindsight's always going to be twenty twenty. But um, when we first talked, we all kind of said around this bye week is when it would have made the most sense to do it. And I, I mean, clearly, seeing what's been happening, uh, obviously, it's not some some has been on him. A lot of it hasn't been on him so far. Um, but it's certainly not the start that you want to see with uh, with your new quarterback. And I don't think it'll damage his confidence, but. If if I was the coach at that point, I, I think I still would have tried to wait it out till till around this point. That's not a bad answer. Like I, I don't feel too strongly about like if we did things right, if we did things wrong. I'd probably just keep it the same. Honestly, like maybe I mean, this isn't, wouldn't even have like made that much of a big deal, but maybe have them start that whole Jets game. Not make a switch mid half. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's 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 always tough dealing with a rookie quarterback and how what's the best approach. And I don't think each approach should be the same for rookie quarterbacks. Um, I don't really. I don't know. Like I don't think. I think I trust Tomlin's judgment still on um on what he did doing in Week Four against the Jets. Uh. And I think right now, maybe a little too long. I know if we did wait till right now, the media would be like, and the offense was still this bad. The media would be like, Kenny must be really bad in practice and not not ready if he's if he can't if he's not better than Trubisky at this point. So like that could be a factor of why he should be starting. Tom was correct in starting earlier in the season, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm fine with the week four start still. Maybe I'll th- feel differently or strongly a certain way at the end of the season. I um, I think I can say at this point, my answer to this question would be either Jack's answer, start him in the beginning of the Jets week, because that was our mini-bye week. We were coming off a Thursday night game. So we had 10 days to prepare for that. Um, he could have taken all the first-team reps in practice and had a little bit better shot. Or at, at that point, if you're just going to say I'm starting him after week three, why not just start him the whole season? Yeah. I, yeah, so, I don't disagree with that. It should have been an all or nothing type of deal, realistically, at the end of the day, I feel like. Not not necessarily week one. I don't disagree with that completely. But like you said, coming in at halftime of a game where it seems like the Steelers like almost knew that that was the plan. It feels like a bad plan. It's it's kind of similar to the whatever that Mac Jones zappy plan was against the bears where like, that was weird. Yeah. It just, like it just did that. That's a plan that just, I don't think that plan will ever work. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like I said, the schedule gets easier. I think maybe we'll get some momentum and hey, I say if we can win if we can go 5 and 4 in these games. I was going to say 700 as well or 7 and 10 as well. Then uh I I I would say and Kenny looks a lot better. I mean, right now he's sitting at two touchdowns, eight interceptions. I know, you know, probably three or four of them aren't his fault. It's probably a little bit lower. But, you know, got to clean it up. And I think he will. Because, like, like I said, this, this was about a f- hard of a four-game stretch. I know the Bucks don't look great right now, but still have a good defense. And uh, about a hard of a four-game stretch as you could really get right now. So, And one more stat. Matt Cannon has been the Steelers' offensive coordinator for 26 games. The Steelers have scored... 20 points or more, five of those times. That's really bad. 20 and points is not... Four different quarterbacks. It's not a quarterback issue, like, using a... Stuck with a certain skill set. Like, he's had a lot of per, different personnel and just can't get it done after 26 games, so... 20 points is not a high benchmark at all, so... Right, yeah. <laughs> you definitely be Three getting more than that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, wait, All right. uh, before, before we move on, I do want to give one more Eagles shout out. Um, it'll yeah, be no. a sad, it's going to be a kind of sad shout out for me, but I'd imagine that uh, Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator, I don't know how long he'll be an offensive coordinator for. Um, like the creativity, oh, meaning he'll be a head coach. Yeah, like the, the creativity and like the timing of his play calls so far this year have been very impressive. And I would imagine that as a lot, I feel like there's going to be a decent amount of teams that are going to have some openings. Um, I would not be shocked to see him end up on a on a different team, which would be very unfortunate. But already after one, it's easy. Is this this first year or second year as OC? Uh, I believe this is his second year as OC. Um, but this is also Sirianni handled the play calling duties for a while. Um, he relinquished them to Steichen this year. Um, okay. it's, it's it's obviously early, but I just like it seems like the way this is setting up, there might be a decent amount of head coaching vacancies. Um. We'll have to kind of sit down and think about it a little bit more, but I feel like there's been a lot of names thrown around of like possibly like getting out of there. But I would imagine that teams are going to be seeing what this offense has done and at least one yeah. interview, I might imagine. Steelers might, just you might, you might, you might, uh, you might lose both your coordinators, so wouldn't love that. You'll see, we'll see how it goes because Jonathan Gannon was. <laughs> Jonathan Gannon was in conversation last season. He was. Um, I don't know if it was like they they were they were they were good last year, but the, this year is just, this year's been impressive to say the least. Right. So if he was in conversation last year, I think so far through eight games or seven games for the Eagles, um, it's only strengthened his case to be a head coach. So yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, that it's not not necessarily a good thing. You want continuity and and everything yeah. but uh well yeah we'll say we have a long way to go still so we do i, so, I just wanted to give him a shout out I've, I've been i've been enjoying his play calling so far this year yeah absolutely um all right jack the floor is yours i don't know how you want to mm-hmm. introduce this one but uh let start. us know let us know what we'll be doing and we'll we'll um we'll play along we're ready we'll, to go exactly we will play along looks like i have 10 written down um okay. You want to guess the player? Should I give you the player? You guess the stat line, or guess the stat line against the player? I'll actually maybe I'll try to switch it up. It's what I see it would be best. Yeah, sure. 
Um, I'll just start here with uh, Nick Chubb touchdown. Really need that. Nice. Um, all right. I'll start here. I'll give you the player, a player that I've been pretty impressed with so far this season uh, in a contract year is Josh Jacobs. His rushing stat line. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Think it is? And this is this is the projection at the end of the year. You said seventeen game pace. Yeah. I'm trying to think of yards. I'd imagine like he's been really good. Is he? He's probably floating around at like fourteen, fifteen hundred, something like that. I bet. I mean TDs. 16 touchdowns. I was going to say like 14 or 15, yeah. Uh, pretty close. 1641 rushing yards and 14 Ooh. touchdowns. Did, uh, every, I, he just, awesome. it, it really must, must be like, which I don't always get, like, you get it, in, I get it in theory, like, oh, he's in a contract year or he'll have a big year, like, why aren't you doing that your first three <laughs> seasons? Year? I don't know. I don't, like, you're you're probably trying. I don't know. Side uh, little sidebar that this will be an interesting off season for running back market. It'll be. Right. I mean, Jacobs contract year. Sanders has been awesome. Uh, Tony Pollard also up for a new deal, and we just saw what he is capable of as a right. running back. So the the market should be uh, should be quite interesting. Um. Yeah. So I, I the only re- I wasn't sure about Jacobs. So obviously he had a great start to the season. Although they did get shut out and their offense looked really really bad uh, yesterday. Uh, I, they didn't cross midfield until three minutes and sixteen seconds left in in the game. So yeah, yeah I wasn't sure if that kind of you know uh, altered what his projections would be or not. But uh, but yeah, sixteen. He said sixteen forty one and fourteen touchdowns. So yeah, very impressive. Um, I know we're going off on a tangent here, but if I were the Cowboys, I would be signing Tony Pollard again. I would be very lucky. I think he's – he'd be very wise to keep him. He's awesome. Well, he's, as an Eagles fan, it sucks to watch him, but he's very good. Okay, I have Tony Pollard written down, so I'll segue into that. Oh, nice. Um, and I also want to ask a follow-up question on it, on your comment about re-signing him. Uh, what do you think his pace is? I mean, he was only technically – Technically, the starter for one game, uh, but was incorporated before that. Um, just his rushing stats. Um, one game is a starter, pretty much, and like six, seven, not. I feel like he's he's probably still. On, I'm, I'm assuming he's probably still on pace for for over a thousand. I'd imagine. I'll go a thousand, eleven hundred yards, and. Mm-hmm. 11 touchdowns. Pretty much, yeah, you guys are exactly right. It's 1075 rushing touchdowns, 11 to rushing touchdowns. Sorry. 1075 oh, rushing good. yards, 11 rushing we're touchdowns. Good at this game. Um, <laughs> how much do you pay him? Let me look at running back contracts real quick. Like, they, like if you pay him, like, 12 million well first yeah. of all that means you got close to 30 million dollars invested I mean, in running big, that's well, crazy big this deal too, though. that's the whole thing is that right that's what I'm, yeah that's what i'm saying like you have can't, can't nearly 30 million dollars sorry what can't they, get, 
can they get rid of Zeke after this year? You think Jerry will do that? Yes. Dude, do you, I sent to Shref, actually, Mitchell. Uh, post-game press... Co- I'm not even press conference. It's like Jerry Jones standing in front of a... in a hallway. Uh, <laughs> they asked him... Like, he... <laughs> despite the performance of Elvin Pollard, Jerry Jones is very adamant. Zeke is our starter. Zeke is our starting running back. Zeke is our guy. He's... I mean, he the guy loves Zeke. I, he loves him. He can't get enough of him. <laughs> I would be shocked, Mitchell. I, it's a smart move just to cut Zeke and just eat or uh, I don't know how the money situation would, would lay, but like figure it out. Yeah, it would be smart. And Zeke's not bad. Just like that's so much money on a running back. That's like not, clearly not worth it. And you have a guy who's this equal, if not better. So he's been better for two years. Right. So I guess it'd be smart too, but I'd be astonished if Jerry Jones cut Zeke Mitchell. As no. I mean, as an Eagles fan, I'm I'm really hoping that they that they find a way to blunder it and he goes somewhere else because that would that, that would be that'd be really fun. Uh, I I my I was having trouble loading uh, the running back contracts, but uh, I think I think ten is fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll get it done, but I mean, if he if if they start if they start using him like. A little bit higher pace, like the the stats are gonna carry the money with it. Like he, he could be making himself a lot of extra millions here in these next in these next couple of weeks here, the back half of the season. Yeah, and Shreff, you said it like this. This 2019 running back class is an interesting running back class that, like, in terms of paying them, like they're got they are guys that like are solid. Yeah, but like can be replaced. Like, there's no definite like. Throw out it's the weird, no don't pay running back rule. Yeah, yeah. Like you got to pay him. Like fair. there's no McCaffrey and like Nick Chubb. I agree with that deal. Derrick Henry, you got to pay. Like there's no one of that echelon, but they're still solid guys that deserve a substantial second contract. It's just like tough to pay running back nowadays. And also uh, Saquon too, because Saquon's on a fifth year option. He was the 2018 class, but what do you pay him? Like he he's gonna. Currently leading league in rushing. I know Nick Chubb's still playing right now, but I mean Saquon's second, if not first, in rushing halfway through the season, and he's the reason, big reason why the Giants are six and two. Mm-hmm. So, do the Giants pay him, and what do they pay him? That's a I'm interested to see how that plays out as well. The best running back from the 2019 class already got paid, and Steve Samuel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very true. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, who's next? Uh, I'll give you guys the stat line, but you got to guess the player. Okay. Can we, can we get it's a gonna hint? It's going to be harder. Yeah, I was going to say, can, can we get a hint if we need it? Okay. Seven receiving touchdowns, 86 receiving yards, and 128 receptions. Oh. Well, hold on. Back up a second. <laughs> I went in reverse order is what you'd probably think. 128 receptions. 867 yards and seven touchdowns. I thought you said, I thought you said 86 yards, and I was very confused. Oh, that'd be is one that, yard um, catch. Is, is that uh... <laughs> like Travis Kelsey from that one Monday night game? Uh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, was, so 100. 100- I was gonna say Kyle Pitts. That would be my one guess. No. Um, 128 receptions. A lot okay. of catches. 
867 yards, seven touchdowns. Okay, first of all, is this a running back or a wide receiver? Yeah, running back. Ah, uh, we'll see back. that. Yeah, okay. that certainly went out. Hmm. Uh, you want to rushing stats? I'm going to go Austin Eckler. It's Austin Eckler. Oh. <laughs> rushing stats, 922 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. So we're looking at 128 receptions. Quick math. Uh, 1,800 total yards and 19 total touchdowns. Do you guys know what the uh, running back reception record is in a single season? Uh, Probably less than what he's on pace for, I'd imagine. Is it Roger see. Craig? No. Is it Marvel? <laughs> whoever, whoever Roger Craig is, he's not in the top six. Oh, I see him. Is it McCaffrey or Folk? It's 2019 Chris McCaffrey at 116 receptions. And then okay. the second is 2018 McCaffrey at 107 receptions. Okay. Then we have 2014 Matt Forte, 1995 Larry Centers, 03 LT, and then Eckler's at 92. But yeah, that would substantially beat Chris McCaffrey's running back reception record. Yeah, I, I knew it was probably Eckler because I'm like, no one else is catching that many balls at the running back position. So right now, um, and you're always biased. You're always going to put your dynasty players in here, so that that helped me out too. <laughs> that's, that's also, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh. Damian Pierce, what's his line? Ooh. Total yards, rushing and rushing. Oh, both. I think I have total yards written down. I don't remember, actually. I think total yards. Total, I'd probably go like... Maybe like 1,400? 1,487. Touchdowns? Uh... Eleven. I'm gonna say eight rushing and two receiving. Mitchell, you're pretty close. I don't know the breakdown, but it has ten total touchdowns and fifteen forty-seven total yards. I'm, I'm, I'm we're killing it so far. Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. Um. A, this has been a struggling offense. At least they were on Sunday. We highlighted. And if you don't have them on your fantasy team, I feel like you may have forgotten. Or just like, I don't know. I, I, I have my fantasy team, so I've been following him closely, closer. But Devontae Adams, what do you think he's at right now? His pace. I think he had like zero yards on Sunday, honestly. I think he might have. Yeah, I'll look up at. He had one catch for two yards, I think. Thanks. Um, you'd have to think he's still on. Uh, I don't know if he's on a pace for a thousand. All right. Um, Maybe like nine, so, like nine, nine fifty, nine seventy-five. Okay, no, let me, I got this. Hold on. So 
I think he's on pace for 93 catches, 1,178 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Mitchell, you're like way too close. Way too close to these. <laughs> I, I'm literally that was just a guess out of thin air. What am I? At? 92 receptions. Okay. 12:43 receiving yards. Wow. Okay, you're still way up there. 12 touchdowns. <laughs> I'm I'm literally on fire here. This is your wow. game. Um, this is Mitchell's game. Having, Adams is having like weird game by game. Like I'll give it to you real quick. Like. No, he he's on my fantasy team too in another league, and I know he's, oh, okay. he's, he's been pretty good. He's like, still been good, but he just like has weird games. Like week one, ten receptions, one point one, a touchdown, and then next week two for twelve yards, he had a touchdown, but then five for thirty six yards, and then nine for one hundred one, three, and then that Monday night football or whatever I think Monday night against the Chiefs, three receptions only for one hundred twenty four yards and two touchdowns. And then eight for ninety five, and then one for three last week. Like it's just really up and down, the, uh, but like still he's the producing Mike stat lines. He's the Mike kind of little Tyler Lockett-y. A little bit. I'm excited now. I'm like literally five for five on the nose. All right, Chris Olave. Okay, after Olave, give us another stat line. We'll get the player after. This. All right. If you have I don't know. Okay. Sheriff, go ahead. You can go first. Who is this and again? I'll, and, I'll, and I'll correct you. Salave. Um, yeah, Mitchell will correct you when you're wrong. Because he knows it. I guess. Been good. Saints have been up and down. Michael Thomas has been out a lot. Jarvis Landry has been out a lot. Keep that in mind. I think he's had a lot of targets. I'm, just trying, to, I'm trying to think if the yards have been there every week. Wait, Olave, say, didn't Olave? Sorry to cut you off. Didn't Olave miss a game too? I think he might have at one point. Maybe like a week or two, like two weeks ago, maybe something like that. I feel like he has missed one. Well, that um, would drop way, I'm gonna say, whatever. I, I have a 17 game pace, so whatever. That's fine if he missed. I'm one. gonna I'm gonna do a little more. I'm gonna do like rounded answers, and then I'll let Mitchell re- really get in deep on it. Yeah. Yes, here. I'm gonna say Olave is gonna be around. Hmm. I think he might be sitting around the same as like a Devonte. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like 1,200, and I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say 10 touchdowns. Receptions. Mm, I'm never good with receptions. What was Devonte on pace for? 92. Probably around the same. No, nah, he's probably higher. I'm gonna say like, probably like, maybe like 10, 103. All right, 103, 1200, and 11 or 10? 10? Okay, Mitchell, what do you think? Clean it up, Mitchell. No, I think Shreff's pretty close. I'm going to go 99, uh, 1208, and 8 touchdowns. Okay, I like where we're headed. All right, we're a little off. 89 receptions. Okay. Okay. Only 5 touchdowns. Oh! Brissett Brissett threw a really bad pick. 5 touchdowns and 1328 receiving yards. Okay, higher than I expected. The, the touchdowns is where I was getting confused because I feel like I haven't been following the Saints too closely, but I feel like the yards have been there, but the touchdowns haven't been. So I was right, but I didn't think it was that low. Okay. Mitchell, you want a, a stat line? You guessed the player you got? Is that what you said? Yeah, let's do another one of those. All right. This, I mean, it'll be hard, but 
because we only we got have... Ek- we only got Eckler, right? Right. So far? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a running back. Okay. 12, 13 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. And some receiving work, we have 36 receptions for 333 receiving yards. Hmm. Good receiving stats. May you repeat it one more time, please? 12, 13 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns. What are you saying? Okay. A lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. I could be ooh. I wanted to say like Aaron Jones for a second. Want a hint? Yeah. Yeah. It's an AFC running back. Okay. Um. No, it's not him. Huh. Is it like no, he has more touchdowns than that, I'd imagine. Is it Devin Another Singletary? Hint? Devin Singletary? It's not Devin Singletary. Joe Mixon. It's not Joe Mixon. Huh. Right. Let's go with Raheem Mostert. Nah, nope. that's too many yards for Mostert. Hmm. This one's stumping me. Don't give it to me yet, though. Want a hint? Yeah, give us another hint. Yeah. We're taking too long. First round running back. I don't know if that helped me or not. I feel like there's only, like, one. Well, there's there's two in the AFC I can think of, but I'm trying to think of if there's anyone else that I'm missing. In the AFC, I can think of one, two. I can only think of two. Am I missing? What are they? No, there's another one. There's three I can think of. Name the three you're thinking of. Uh, what would be Jacobs, Najee, and Clyde? And ETN. Oh, it, it, it might be ETN then, because he hasn't scored many touchdowns so far. ETN. It's ETN? Yep. I was thinking about him a while ago. I thought he had I, more receiving work, though. I forgot he was a first-round pick. Think he, I would also think he had more receiving work, too. But That was throwing yeah. me off. If you would, if there, I would have thought, yeah. I, I actually thought of him like, he was like the second or third name I thought of, but yeah, the receiving work kind of threw me off. But all right. Yeah, he's a uh, he's looked really good. He opposite of Najee, like he just looks really fast, and it just it's helping them a lot because Trevor's kind of struggling. Um, yeah, and honestly, that he's just now his uh, gonna be the he's the clear starting running back for the rest of the season. So that could honestly be his floor. Uh, like this is that's a pace of like. That was paced off of him sharing touches. So, like, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I got two more. Um, All right. All right. So, first one, simple one. Guess Lamar Jackson's rushing line. 
Um, hold on. Let me let me get it here. Hard. Twelve forty three and seven. Trev, thoughts? Twelve forty three feels a little high. I'm gonna say like. Say like ten seventy five, like eight, yeah, like eight touchdowns. Eleven seventy five and four. Oh, right in between. All right, my last one. My last one. You guys are gonna You guys are gonna guess the combined stats of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Oh, the combined stats. Oh man. Okay. Um, well, I guess we'll. Uh, should we talk this one out, Mitchell? <laughs> yeah, collaborate on this. It's a big one. All right. Well, I know that Tyreek Hill has like 950 yards and two touchdowns right now. Okay. And Jalen Waddle has like 700 something and about five or six touchdowns. And we're about halfway yeah. through the season, so let's just double that, and then we should get a good. We should get a good projection. So we're talking. Um, we're talking around. We're talking around 3,000 yards. Um, a little more than that, like thirty three hundred. Like three like thirty two, thirty three hundred. Let's go thirty thirty three fifty and seventeen touchdowns. I like that. Receptions. Oh shoot, I forgot about receptions. Um They're both probably catching like like seven, eight balls a game, right? Let's go two hundred and forty two. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I like that. About one. So it's what you said two forty two. 3,350 and 17. Yep. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, 235. Wow. We were really close. We were only seven Three, off. 3,586. All right. We were about 200 off. And 14 touchdowns. All right. And we're pretty good. Seven catches, 200 <laughs> yards, and, and uh, three touchdowns off. That's pretty good. I'll, just, I'll give it to you, like, their individual. Uh, Jalen Waddle, 89 receptions for 1544 and 10 touchdowns. Tyreek, 146, 2042 receiving yards and four touchdowns. That's a wild one right there. It is, yeah. But I mean, he's on pace to to break Calvin Johnson by like 100. <laughs> yeah, wow. Pretty good. Yeah, because Calvin Johnson had five touchdowns that year. He's projected for less touchdowns than Calvin Johnson, too. <laughs> right. He's wow. doing better than he ever did. That's all I got. Cool. That was fun. I enjoyed that. That was good. I'm just proud of my, what was it, Devontae Adams was the one I got really close with. Yeah. 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 You I'm got a couple, like that. Damian Pierce, too. Yeah, there was a few. Tony Pollard. Close. You got a bunch. Well, I'm just <laughs> impressed with, with Adam considering how, like, up and down he's been. How, yeah, like, hard that, that it is was to actually think, to think about. about. So. Hmm. All right. That was fun. I like that one. Um, all right, so we're here for Sportsbook Donation of the Week. Uh, as we said at the top of the show, Jack and I went 1-2, and two, and Shref's at 0-2. Oh he currently has the Bengals minus 3.5, and they are losing 8 to nothing. I was going to say, I'll, I'll be an honorable man, and for the sake of records, we'll, we'll prorate this to a loss for me right now, because it's not looking too, too promising. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that affects... I was going to say, does that affect the order or no? Um, it's always the like same it, order anyway. I, I think yeah. it's the same because... So I think it ties I, Jack and I, maybe. 
I'm at. I bet you head to head. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we have to look I'm, back on that, but I don't I'm care about the order. I'll go last. Right. Well, let's let's still give Shrub second because even though he is projected to, it could change. Be right. tied with Jack. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Technically, he still has a chance to still be up. So. Uh, I'm at 11 and 10 on the year. I was one and two last week. I had the Giants plus three, and the Giants continue to make a fool out of myself because um, I picked against them, and they won or they covered and won uh, two weeks ago. And then this week they lose by 14. So I might be staying away from them for the time being. Uh, also, the Steelers to cover that didn't hit, obviously, but I did have the Packers Bills under 47 and a half, and that did. Uh, go under indeed Shreff had the bills minus 10 and a half and they only won by 10 so he narrowly missed out on a point there um has the Bengals tonight in this game that's going on currently and also had the under in the uh ravens buck stars in that game that did not uh go under 45 and a half jack had the titans minus two and a half and they won by seven against the texans uh thanks to derrick henry Raiders minus one and a half. That looked terrible. As we said, they got shut out and didn't get past midfield until three minutes and 16 seconds left in the game. Also, Jack had the Giants Seahawks over 44 and a half, which I really liked, but they only got the 40 points. So Jack is at nine and 12. I'm at 11 and 10. Shreff is currently at nine and 11 with, with the potential to be nine and 12 or 10 and 11. So the order remains the same. I have first selection. Um, Shref second, Jack third. And the first one that I'm going to go with, uh, I initially, I, I mean, as it's been happening the past couple of weeks, I've gotten to like, I have a strong feeling about my total, but not necessarily the spreads. But um, I like this one, and I think you guys might be liking it too, so I'm going to go ahead and select it. I have the Ravens minus two and a half. That was my pick, so thanks. <laughs> Oh, sorry about that. I, I I had a whole theme ready for my picks that I was getting ready to talk about, and you just, you just swiped it out from under me. Yeah, That's that the Monday night game? That is the Monday night game next week. Uh, that one stood out to me the most. I just think the Ravens are a much better team. Two and a half seems like not enough uh, points to be giving the Saints. Um, and just a little data or stat that I came up with that I looked up. Um, since 2008, which is Harbaugh's tenure in Baltimore, uh, the Ravens have the third best cover rate when they're on the road. So that, that, that's my little stat for that one, too, to back that up and validate my selection. Um, so I'm going with Ravens minus two and a half for my first one. And it is two and a half on FanDuel, correct? I, I, another week where I keep forgetting to de- re-download FanDuel to check the lines there, but it is two and a half? Yeah, two and a half. Yep. Okay. Sorry, Shreff, I did poach your pick. No, but that's the, name of the, that's the name of the game. You've got to be better. Yeah, and then, no, then, you, then you'll have the choice to go first. So, um, all right, you're up now. All right. Uh, so I'll mm, actually I, I I won't talk about it yet. We'll wait just in case anyone wants to uh, do something else. But what I will do, um, I'm just gonna go with what I feel like is more of a a common sense bet here more than anything. I feel like this is one of those ones where like they're they're begging me to do the opposite of what I feel like is gonna happen here. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick true to my to my guns on this. I'm gonna take Seattle plus one at Arizona um, for my first pick. Uh, the Seattle team has been, I think. I mean, obviously the Giants have been uh, the big surprise. I think Seattle's almost been more of a surprise. 
just because of how dysfunctional we thought they were going to be um, with with Russ getting traded. But, they, I mean, this team offensively and defensively has been very impressive. Um, yeah, Arizona, uh, very up-and-down team. Offense with Hopkins back has looked pretty good, but Seattle's secondary has been awesome. A um, couple of, like, some young guys back there that seem like they could be good, solid pieces. Um and this offense just doesn't show doesn't show signs of slowing down. Gina Smith has been amazing. Kenneth Walker uh, has been has filled in for Penny and then some. He's been incredible. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both have like fantasy relevance again, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna take Seattle plus one for my first selection. There you go, Shaq. You are up. Uh, my first one. I gonna take the Eagles. Thirteen. A lot, a lot of points. A lot of I points. don't care. Like this is the best team in the NFL or is the worst team in pretty much. And like the Eagles should definitely win by two touchdowns. And I don't think the Texans are better than the Steelers. And they beat the Steelers by what was that twenty three points? Twenty two points. Yeah. And if you want to factor in home field advantage Make it like a 19-point win. or I don't know. The Eagles are on the road, is what I'm saying. But, like, I don't give that much credit to the Texans' home field advantage. And a lot of Eagles fans are going to travel because of the World Series. So, oh, yeah. Which, um, which is now going to be on the same night, though, because of the, because of the postponement. Mm, doesn't change my pick, but interesting. Fair. All right. Fair enough. You're up again. I am. Um, I'm going to go with a total. Okay. I'm going to go with the uh, Vikings commanders over 43 and a half. I feel like the uh, this Vikings defense can be uh, points can be scored on them. I feel the same way about the Commanders and Taylor, Taylor Heineke. I feel like can just like squeeze out seventeen points at least twenty seventeen to twenty points, and Vikings should win by I don't know a touchdown. So that would be over forty three and a half. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with an over as well here uh, with my with my second pick. Um, there, there's a there's a couple different spreads that I still feel okay about, but I feel a lot more bullish about this over than anything else. Um, my over is going to be for the Dolphins and the Bears over 44 is what I had it at. Um, obviously, the Bears just traded a a big piece. Uh, Mitchell, I was going to ask, is is your last? Oh, you, you you just have your total, and then are you are you planning on betting on the Dolphins in Chicago game? No. Okay, cool. So I can talk about it. My my original plan for my bets was going to be the Roquan Smith theme. Um, I was going to take the Ravens to cover, and then I was going to take the Dolphins to cover. Um, but then you blew that plan up in my face. Um, so Sorry. I'm switching. <laughs> so I'm switching, but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna uh, include one of the games. I'm gonna take the over in this one. I think Roquan Smith being gone is gonna is leaving a enormous hole in that defense. That's actually been pretty solid this year. They're very good secondary, um, but. I also feel like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle 
don't really care who's on the other side of the field against them. So I think the Dolphins' offense is probably going to be able to move the ball pretty efficiently. And then the Bears, surprisingly, are starting to, like, it seems like starting to maybe find an identity in the rushing game. Justin Fields has looked a lot more efficient in the last couple weeks. Um, so their offense is on the rise. Dolphins still uh, keep getting into these high-scoring affairs. So I expect that to continue. So over 44 is my next pick. All right. That's the, I don't I don't mind that one. Um so I got two picks here. And my I guess I'll just go with my spread first. I I, I feel more passionately about my total, but I, I guess I'll just get out of the way with this one. Um I have the Rams plus 3. I like that pick. Is that what FanDuel has? 3? Anyone? I think yeah, yes. Three. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Is that correct? Three? That is correct. Okay. Um, so I feel like both of these places... Sorry, excuse me. Both of these teams, I feel like, are in similar places. Uh, obviously struggling and not up to where people expect them to be in preseason. And, but I, just, I don't know. I just feel like the Bucks are in a worse spot. I don't know if, if you guys agree with that one. But it, I know both of them are struggling. I just feel like the Bucks are their problems are more real. I feel like the Rams could figure it out to some extent. I have a harder time believing the Bucks' offense is going to get it together. Um, so, I'll, and with that being said, I think I'll just take the team that's getting three points here um, in the Rams. And I do have a couple of like my stats to back it up or whatever to validate my selection since 2017. Uh, which is McVay's tenure with the Rams. They have the fourth best cover rate coming off of a loss and the sixth best cover rate as a road underdog. So a couple uh, data points to back up my pick there. And the one that I feel most comfortable with is the under. Of course, I'm going with the under. I've picked an under every single time we've done the total. And I think Jack's picking over every single time. That's our theme. Trev's alternated. I've been, uh, I've, been, I've been all around. I'm going with the under in the Bills-Jets game. It's under 47 and a half I have it at. Um, I, the main reason why I like this, going off of the system that I mentioned last week when I picked the Packers-Bills under, uh, games with a spread of nine and a half points or more are hitting at a 59% on the under in the last 10 years. Um. This system, the the one that I just mentioned there, this season is ten and two, and I got the win last week with the the Bills Packers that I that I mentioned. So I liked there. Um, another system that I I want to mention here, it doesn't quite fall underneath under these parameters, but I want to mention it. In the last twenty years, so this since two thousand and two, uh, when divisional opponents play each other after week ten the under hits at 60%. And I know this isn't after week 10, but we're pretty close. Um, and I don't know. I just like it. The Jets defense is obviously their strong suit, and not their offense. So I could see the Bills really shutting them down. And if the Jets are going to have any shot in this game, they're going to have to you know, rely on their defense, which is their strong suit. I just think 47 and a half is a little too much. Um, so I don't know. I, that that's that was my most confident uh, pick of the of the week. Uh, it's funny you say that, Mitchell, because I 
Head to head? No, not head to head. Shreff already did his total, so. He did do right. my total. Um, Jack has already taken one, one very large spread. I am going to do it with him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on the team that literally just lost me money uh, about 24 hours ago. Uh, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Buffalo Bills to cover thirteen and a half. Um, I think this Jets offense uh, is going downhill very quickly uh, with Brees Hall being done for the year. Um, obviously, trading for James Robinson is helpful, but Hall was doing things that neither of those running backs can do. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker being out for the year is gonna prove to, is proving already to be an issue. Um, he was best offensive lineman so far this year he's done um defense has obviously been very good for them but if there's an offense that i think can negate that it would be this bill's offense um yeah i i, I agree with mitchell's points with point about it being uh the under and obviously the stats are there to back it up um i just zach wilson's decision making has been so poor like so he's bad, bad. I, I I had faith in him. He's he has quickly uh, dissolved all that faith, um, and those those like the simple decision making errors. The Bills are going to capitalize on that all day. So I I don't see a logical way that they're going to be able to score points against this team. And I'd imagine that a Josh Allen Stephon Diggs led offense is still going to be able to score points no matter who they're playing. So. I'm gonna double down on them. I'm gonna hope that I'm gonna hope that they can get back into my into my good graces. So, Bills minus thirteen and a half as my second lock, or not a lock, possible donation. Yeah, Zach Wilson, I've never believed in him, and he's officially uh, on my I do not like this person list. Yeah, I don't know. He he seems a little off. Him and Mac Jones, I do not like them. And I think they're both bad, and I really like their downfall. Okay. <laughs> you think they're bad people? Uh, yeah, I don't think that I don't. I don't think they're great. Okay. I'd grade them as like each of like a thirty percent. Okay. <laughs> that feels that feels arbitrary, but yeah. Maybe even lower. Um, all right, so mine is uh, I'm gonna go with. Funny you picked the Packers. Nope, you didn't pick that. The Rams Bucks game, Mitchell, and you just picked the Rams because you feel like they have less problems. I kind of felt the opposite. Um, head to head. No, I'm not gonna pick the game. I just want to comment on it that like the Rams just have nothing going for them on offense except Cooper Cup, who tweaked his ankle, who is still in the game at the end of the. Alan Robinson's come a lot. Watch out for a Alan little Robinson. bit, yeah. And Van Jefferson is coming back. It, I don't, I don't know his stat line, but he came back. His first game back this week. It's just there's no identity on offense for them, and they just seem really weak. However, I do trust McVay more than Todd Bowles, the head coach, right now. Um, that's gonna. I'm very interested to see how that turns out because whoever loses that game is in trouble. Um. I don't know. I don't want to pick the Raiders again because I picked them last week and then they lost 24-0. Did I pick them, though? They're going against the Jags. They stink. I know they do. But the Raiders might stink. 
I just don't know what else to pick. Like I don't like anything. I feel I feel like this has been a problem for you the last couple weeks. Grew it. Same game. I, I'm gonna go same game as what I picked earlier. I'm gonna take Kirk Cousins to revenge game Kirk Cousins. He's gonna go back into FedEx Field. He's gonna take down the commanders by four points or more. Wow. I like I like that one. I I, I was considering it too. Um uh, one o'clock game. I, I, no one's gonna watch. No one's gonna watch. It's fine. He'll be fine. There you go. No, I, I, I think that's a decent one as well. Um, I was considering that for my second one. I, I the Ravens and the Bills, Jets uh, under was were my two, like the ones that I was solid on, and then the the Rams was kind of just the my my secondary one. So I, I was considering Vikings. I like that one. Spreads were the spreads were hard this week. I thought like the yeah. Like even my original plan of like the Roquan Smith thing, like I I didn't love the the Dolphins cover either. Like I don't know. There's a lot of weird games this week. Also, the the Bengals Panthers spread may be a good one, but it's locked right now because we're recording while the Bengals games are playing. So, um, let's just let's just briefly mention the Panthers real quick. What a throw by PJ Walker that was. That was like a 75 yard throw that oh. he made. Then, I want them to win so bad. Just imagine the Panthers yeah. being in first in the South, and they would have been cool. Um, they two, should have two comments on that. Two comments on that. One, uh, this, I'm going to be heartbroken as an Eagles fan if the Saints backdoor into this division win. It, I'm going to be so upset. Um, number two, uh, obviously the DJ Moore penalty afterwards was a lot more egregious. But in situations like that, like the, it, that's Let the definition go. of that, that's the definition of like the no fun league NFL. Like that's a huge that's a huge moment, like a very cool play, and a guy showing his emotion. And you're like, nope, sorry, can't can't have that on on the field. Imagine what is, the kids are gonna think. Are you kidding me? Is unsportsmanlike conduct like that? You get the choice of enforcing it on the extra point or the kickoff. That's correct. I feel like more teams should do it enforced on the extra point. I feel like the standard is to enforce on the kickoff. Uh, I don't know. You get 15 yards field position, but like it's a 48 yard field goal. Like that's tough. I mean, in the, I will say that like in the Falcons position, taking it uh, in the Falcons position, taking it on the kickoff was a lot smarter just for, for field position purposes for coming back down. And no, they had, they, they took it on the extra point. Oh yeah, I guess they did, but now they had to. They had to. They had to take an extra point because of uh, there was no time left. Oh, you're right. You're right. And they probably would have chose it anyway, if even if there was yeah, like no, ten seconds. Because right. like, I my, yeah, I I had my time all messed up. Forget yeah. Messed up. Forget it all. But the penalties are stupid. They need to stop. So technically, I don't even know if it should have been called. I know you're not. Yeah. Call he wasn't on the field though. He, it, DJ Moore, what do you mean? Celebration. I think it's part of the celebration rule. If the helmet comes off in the celebration, I think that's part of it. I guess, but he technically was not on the field when he took it off. Technically true. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, like let him let him have a good time. Yeah, that, yeah. that was amazing. Like the Panthers are already like Panthers are a good like aren't a good team. Like they're kind of a fun story now because they're like competing. Like come on, just let, let him have a good did, time. Did Eddie Pinero get cut yet? Uh, not that I saw. I don't know how. Probably, probably should be. He, he missed was, that uh, extra point. He was a bear. And, he was a he was one of those Bears kickers that were in the revolving door for a while, wasn't he? Right, and teams were so quick to get rid of kickers, and like, yeah, he missed the extra point to win the game, and then missed a shorter, like a chip shot 
give me 30 yard it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a chip shop i remember because i i i was watching it and i said to um our dad that this this is the it was a 33 yarder. i'm like this is the length that should have been for the extra point it was 33 yards i'd consider that a chip shot field goal yeah he should uh, yeah 30 yard field goal you that. should make yeah what you would think yeah but anyway i mean mm-hmm. I, I think more people i know everyone's gonna be talking about dj Moore and pinero for missing the kicks but everyone's more people got to talk about that throw that throw was yeah. unbelievable so um all right there you have it folks that is our episode today um thank you for listening and uh good luck everyone where fantasy playoffs are going to be in about five weeks so make that playoff push if you're right on the in the hunt good luck to everyone um and yeah we'll catch you next week in our episode folks thank you see you jack go I was waiting for my turn. Here we go. Thoughts, prayers, Matt stares, county fairs, grizzly bears, Kevin Ware, armpit hair, and evil lairs. Evil lairs.